I'm Elise. And I'm Lizzie. And you're listening to Cool Moms Podcast. Are we on the air? Welcome back to Cool Moms. Hello. <laughs> hey, Liz. How hey. are you feeling this week? I got a headache. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Was it a really long day at work? It was a long week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all you got for me? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm giving. Lizzie, <laughs> you're going to leave me out to dry? It's dry. It's just another day. Okay. Well, I mean, you don't want to share anything else? No, you first. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> this week in motherhood. So today was, uh, gosh, <sighs> today was tough. I thought I was going to have a really productive day. I had all of these goals, house goals, work goals, and I was moving so fast. I was in the middle of doing laundry. We have like laundry in the basement of the building. So I'm like going down back and forth, changing the loads. Yeah, we have a washer and dryer. Since when? A few weeks now. And special. It is special. It's Mm -hmm. good. So I'm doing that, feeding Sergeant breakfast, I'm purging, I'm taking things outside to like put on the stoop or whatever for the name, whatever. And I'm on the phone with my friend, we're chatting, and I've got all the things in my hand, I'm gonna switch the load, and as soon as the door shuts behind me, I was like, I don't have my key. And I have a slam lock on my door, because I'm too lazy, I don't wanna turn around and lock it every time I leave. And Sergeant is in the house, walking around, and I'm on the other side of the door. And so I'm just like, it's okay. Call his dad, and I was like, you've gotta hurry up and get here. I'm locked out. And he just looks annoyed. Um, <laughs> and so then I was like, oh, my neighbor. I'm thinking of all the people, my friends who have copies of my key. This is scary. Right. Part uh, two. <laughs> because this happened before. No. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you've been locked out. No. On the oh. other side of the door before. But oh, ahead. but in the bathroom. But not out of the. It's much scarier when you are outside of the apartment and your child inside. I was. Mm-hmm. We were both inside the apartment. I was just stuck in the bathroom. I would have broke the door down if it got that serious. But I can't break down my front door. So no one is available. So I'm like, yes, telling his dad, come on. And he's maybe 30 minutes away. So I'm just, and I'm, I called him a car so that I could track it <laughs> and watch as the car moved on the app. And he also was just like, I'm like, hey, I keep texting you, telling you the car's downstairs. And he's like, oh my gosh, at least I had to wash my face. And I'm thinking like, what? You have to wash your face. Right. And so I'm like boiling inside. But I was like, now's not the time. I was like, I need you to hurry up and get in the car. Okay. So, <laughs> because that is how I felt. You're going to make me upset again. But it was fine. I'm calm. I'm sitting outside of the door. And I hear Sergeant walking to the door. And he, now he's banging on it. And now he is screaming. And he is screaming. And he is screaming. And I'm like, do I talk to him? Is it going to upset him more? So I'm like, Sergeant, it's okay. Mommy's right here. And he's just like, why aren't you opening the door? And I'm like, my neighbors probably can hear me. They think I'm an awful person. They're like, there she goes again. (laughs) That kid, it's always some shit. So I'm sitting on the steps in my apartment hallway. And I'm like, this sounds crazy, but I'm trying to online shop for him because I'm trying to like busy myself and think that it's not a big deal what's happening. It's like, I'm just going to like buy him some new jackets and I'm looking at these shoes and everything's fine. I'm checking the app and I'm looking at the jackets. I'm checking the app 
And then his dad FaceTimes me and he's like, hey, I'm like two minutes away. And he, and, he, and he hears him screaming. He's like, well, why don't you just like bounce him and walk up and down the stairs? And I was like, he's in the apartment. He was like, oh, oh. he didn't realize that he was not with me. So <laughs> I'm like, so now that I realize that he, now we're on the same page. Now it's like the floodgates have opened and now I am bawling. I'm just like bawling in the hallway in my pajamas. He comes running up the stairs, like runs in, grabs him, is patting him up. And I just like sit in the rocker. He's like, do you want to hold him? It's like, yeah. And I'm holding him and he's hugging both of us. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sobbing because I feel so horrible. He's just like pooped all over himself. He's crying he's upset the poop went through the onesie oh, i was just like gosh my child is traumatized and yeah. so i'm happy because he didn't his dad did not ask me until like maybe two hours later he's like now that we've had some time like how the fuck did you lock yourself that up ass, though. <laughs> I, was like, I was just doing too much at once i was trying to multitask and i didn't have my keys and the door slam locks so that was the start of my day. Did you <clears throat> take off the slam lock? Uh, no, but I will when I get home. I didn't take it off. Mm-hmm. Um, you should. I will. Mm-hmm. So then, I'll call you to remind you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So that happened. Aside from that, it's been a really fabulous day. <laughs> it's like, where do you go from there? And then when you have such like a traumatic thing, it's just like, how do I keep moving with my day? I had to go get a haircut. I had like all these mm-hmm. emails to do. And I was just like. For 30 minutes, you were on the other side. Yeah. And then the there was a point door. where I heard him like smacking something like. I'm like, what is he oh, eating? He's fine. What was it? No, no, no. That was only for like five minutes. And then he went back to screaming. I have no idea what it was because there was no food out. So I was just like, he's licking the wheel of the stroller. I don't mm-hmm. know what he's doing. <laughs> He's doing something disgusting on the other side of the door. Uh, anyway, so that was the start of my day. Um, but now we're here. And on a more exciting, positive note. Mm-mm. Yeah. My second children's book came out. <laughs> and Ow! it's hard for me to woo-woo. Your story was a little too traumatizing. Well, it's fine. Ugh. It happens. So th- there will be worse things that happen to him. Yeah. So I'll live. Yeah. So, my second children's book, children's book comes out, The Nightlife of Jacuzzi Gasket, uh, and fittingly, is about a single mom, although not necessarily a single mom, but it's about a mom who's raising a, her two sons alone, but also how she has a, a life at night. And so, Jacuzzi, her son, one of her sons, his favorite time of the day is at night when he's taking care of his little brother, and they create this alternate universe called Andromeda. And so, it's this really great, futuristic... Um, but real life narrative of the author Brontes Purnell mm-hmm. and we are doing Drag Queen Story Hour at McNally Jackson Bookstore yeah ooh yeah that's exciting it's super exciting it's gonna be tomorrow which one the one on Prince yeah that's the only one oh, is it the only one oh, okay yep yep so I was there yesterday well come tomorrow morning at 11 30 a drag queen will be reading the book and they'll be shooting a documentary about drag queen story hour which is like an institution i think specifically in new york so i'm excited it's a it's a boost (laughs) sergeant will be watching drag queens instead of uh the the door you know i read that book to iram a few times in the month and she never lets me finish like the last four pages so i never really understand what happens at the end of the book 
You should read it. So I'm like, is she a stripper? Oh, the mom? Yeah. Maybe you should just Because she was explaining something about putting on... Okay, whatever. I'll Mm. finish it. Can't give it away, honey. You just gotta read it. Man, just tell the damn book. (laughs) It's okay. Liz. Liz. How you feeling? Um, Really tired. I haven't seen my child in three days. We lived under the same roof. That's bizarre. Mm -hmm. So I had to FaceTime her while I was working yesterday. uh, Just to say, hey. Yeah. Um, but then was she excited to see you? Oh, or you, sad? you better believe it. You know who I am. Yeah. Sometimes Sergeant, when I do that, he, he hasn't seen me for a few hours. He's like, <laughs> and he oh. breaks down. Oh my god. Yeah, he gets no. upset. So we just avoid it. Everyone goes, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Okay, okay. Aww. Like a broken doll. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's really been much. But um, I guess we can talk about my this week in motherhood if it's please my time to drop it. And it's actually not really a this week. It's kind of like a this moment. And mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to the topic that's been trending, which is the R. Kelly tragedies. Mm-hmm. He needs to be a tragedy. He needs to be a fatality. But that's different. <clears throat> um, but <laughs> I think it's really important for us to it just basically watching the series had me really in deep thought. Mm-hmm. Like everyone else, I cried. Yeah. Um, did you cry? No. Okay. I cried and I bawled. And for those of you who didn't see it, you basically know what we've been told for the last 20 plus years that R. Kelly is disgusting. Well, he's a pedophile and a predator. He's a pedophile and a predator, and he's disgusting, and he needs to be put under the gel, underneath that gel, six feet underneath that part of the gel, and just, you know, burn. Um, But what I've gotten from this was just me trying to figure out how I can protect you know, my child, how other women should go about protecting their children. And, you know, I guess you guys brought up the idea of like, you know, being very weary of how where your child is when you're not around. Mm. Um, And there's going to be a time when Aram is going to want to have play dates, right? It's going to be a time when she's going to want to have sleepovers. There's going to be a time where all those things happen. And I've been through them. I've slept over many people's homes. Thankfully, I have been good. I've been, I guess, one of the few who made it out. Were great. your parents really protective of you in no. terms of going? Okay. Mm-mm. And <clears throat> I'm so surprised because they're very much immigrants, but I don't know what it was. And my mom is so paranoid. She reads the obituaries every day. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, that's just how <laughs> life is. Like, she reads this. Like, she's Maybe one of those she's months. just, like, obsessed about it. I guess. But yeah, she's she one might of, be like, into She that. reads the front and the back of the newspaper, and she reads the obituaries <laughs> every day. So I'm so surprised she wasn't those, like, don't, you can't touch my people. Like, so I was able to go, you know, to friends' homes, and they were able to come to my house, and we're all good. But then when you hear horror stories of people touching your children and people touching children and young girls, you're like, fuck, that happens, quite frankly, a lot. And then, I guess... More than ever, it's being revealed that people were being molested by family members. You it's, know? Well, it's more, more, more often than not, it's people that are close to the family, not a stranger. Which I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't. Those things didn't think. I might have heard those stories, you know, you know, gossiped around in the in the past, but I never really sat and thought about it. And now that I have a child, that it all comes about, and I'm just like, oh no, what am I gonna do? Like, how do I, and then it's just like, how do I protect Aram? How do I protect other girls? How do we, how do we, how do we protect our children in, in America or lo- all over the world, rather, um, from these monsters? I guess there's no real answer, um, but it does make me very weary and I'm very nervous. 
and I'm trying to prepare. And obviously, I think what I would see is like people saying, if someone touches you inappropriately, make sure or, you, you know, teaching your, your child what is inappropriate or where's this person, what is out of bounds, what are your private parts, you know. But sometimes it doesn't have to be physical. It can be mental. So it can be a verbal thing, you know, like I'm sure people come out of line. I've been in a room where a guy has said something really atrocious to a 10-year-old girl, you know, but... Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's... It, now that I'm older and I think back, there have been instances where it's a lot more nuanced, right? Mm-hmm. I remember uh, my aunt and I having a conversation recently, and she was like, oh, yeah, I remember when you were like eight or nine, you would always come to work with me, and that guy I worked with, and he always talked about how beautiful you were, and you had such beautiful lips. And I was like, wait. The fuck? That is... Not okay. That's completely inappropriate. That's totally inappropriate. And so those are the kinds of things I think it's just about um, equipping your children, one, with like love. And I say love first because a lot of times when when what we lack at home, we seek outside of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in terms of protecting kids, because sometimes, you know, anyone can is at risk. I think it is just about. Allowing your being honest and having direct conversations that there are people in this world that don't always wish you well. And sometimes those people are in your family, sometimes are outside of your family. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way to kind of like scaffold the conversation depending on the age. You know, first it's like, this is your body. These are your parts. No one else touches mm-hmm. them except for mommy or daddy when we're doing X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I don't know. I, I remember being a kid and I didn't really spend the night that much, but then the few time, the few friends I had, my parents were very much like, we're going to talk to both of their parents. We're right. going to go to their house before you go to their house and spend the night. And we're going to have a relationship with that family. You're not just spending the night at like Tanya's house. Right. Because <laughs> I don't know a Tanya, but, <laughs> but you know, I get it. yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know. It's important. And I guess in the, in the series, these people weren't necessarily spending a night at R. Kelly's house. It's just in the presence of, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were. But these young girls were just in his presence. Right. And from there, he was able to go further than he should have. Right. But it's also the cycle of abuse because R. Kelly started off being abused. Yeah. And then no one listened. And then he went from. Yeah. And I don't know who's being abused and who can be around. You know, my children or my family or whoever. Like, I don't know these people in the room who might have been abused and it's like willing to be a predator. So it's like, how do I scope that out? I can't. Oh, yeah, you can. You, I don't know. I just say you trust your gut. Mm-hmm. If something doesn't sit with, well with you about someone, if your kid is like, I don't like so-and-so, we don't have to be around so-and-so. True. And that's that. True. I think that's the best way. Listen to your kids and believe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well... Well, that's that. Thanks, Liz. Yeah. Now let's take this brick off our back. I know, right? <laughs> Dark. Dark. That's why I wanted you to go first. We didn't have to end on such a... I mean, you made me sad. Talking about you on the other side of a damn I, metal wall. I mean, I thought it was funny. Sad. Honestly. I ain't laugh. I thought it was funny. I didn't see. laugh. Okay. I'm not <laughs> laughing. Yeah, it's over. He's happy. He's safe. Scary. Um, lesson learned. It was a good lesson for me to learn. What is the lesson? Uh, just to be a bit more careful. And cautious when I'm moving around, you know, not doing too many things at once. I think I'm constantly trying to see how much I can multitask as parents do, as mothers do. And I was just like, I don't have to do 10 things at once. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. So lesson learned. 
I did multitask when I came in. <laughs> Want to know how? Yeah. Well, I was looking fabulous, and now I smell good, so that was my multitask. Uh, oh. <laughs> it smell. It does smell good in here. It really does. I, I see where you're Do going. Do you love here. my segues? No, I don't. I love I my not. segues because as they're coming in, I'm like, yep, roll with it. The train is moving. And, <laughs> and it falls flat. flat. So um, I'm really excited because today. Wait, Sylvie. What was Sylvie's last name? It totally left me. Ganter. Ganter. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we pronounce it correctly. Sorry. Um, and don't put your French accent on it. Okay? I actually don't do a French accent. I do a British one, but it's okay. Either or. Today we have <laughs> Sylvie Ganter. Ganter. I like the way you said it better, Sylvie. And uh, Sylvie is obviously a mother, but also the founder of some of the most incredible scents. I'm like, I'm sorry. I smell good today. Yeah. I didn't come in smelling good. <laughs> But right now, I smell good. <laughs> I'm Atelier Cologne. Sylvie, welcome to Cool Moms. Thank you very much. Thank you so welcome. much. Um, Sylvie and I were having such a great chat. I was disappointed that it wasn't being recorded before we got here because once again in 2019, I was the first one to show up you to work today. Stop it. I'm really proud of myself. Oh, whatever. <laughs> So as I was stuffing my face with lobster roll, because I hadn't eaten yet today, um, Sylvia and I were chatting, and you, I would love to just dive right in and talk about parenting and your parenting style and your family structure, because I think it's fascinating. Well, it's not very conventional, but um, I have five children. So people usually open their eyes really big and they're like, you know, I did. I was like, wait, what? How is that possible? (laughs) And then you look at her body and like, but where? (laughs) So then I go into explaining. So I carried three and um, two are bonus, as you said. I inherited them from my husband. Um, And I raised those five children in two different cities and two different continents. Wow. Because I have my first two daughters that were born here in New York. Another <laughs> <laughs> New Yorker. Yes. Um, yes. And then I got separated, and I met my new husband, my current husband, who was French, uh, living in France. And for for quite a while, we did the commute thing. So at the beginning, we would date when we didn't have our children, because he also has two boys. So it was a lot of fun. We had like some free time when we didn't have the kids. And um, as we became a couple, we decided to start a perfume brand together. So we're like, okay, we live in two different countries. We already have like four kids between the two of us. Let's make a baby in a perfume brand. And we're going to share that. So so we decided to um, have a baby brand rather than a real baby. We didn't (laughs) think that, you know, having a baby was even an option. We didn't even talk about it. And um, so we created the brand, launched the brand. We were super proud parents. Um, And then I got pregnant. Aww. And then you're like, okay, I can be on a plane. It was you magic. <laughs> as often as I am, you know, going back and forth was um, between Paris and New York. But what would I do with the baby? And so the baby had to be born in one place, not in two. So I decided to move to France to have this baby, to be closer to my family, to um, be closer to my mom, because I lost my dad as I was pregnant with my um, third child. And, um, and then I learned how to parent a family of five in two countries. Wow. So it's a lot of fun. What was the first year like? <laughs> the first year was hell. Of course. <laughs> Let's keep the it second around. was um, hell, but a little easier. 
And um, like anything, like you just find um, comfort and pleasure in the moment and you don't think too much. I think if you let your brain take over, then you have only room to be miserable because it's just like too complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you just enjoy what you do where you are and I can enjoy being with my little one because sometimes we have her alone. Sometimes we have her and the two boys because we have them every other week. Sometimes I'm just alone with my two older girls here in New York and sometimes it's all of them, you know, on vacation wow. or in Paris or in New York. So it's just like a family that has an unconventional format and a sort of... Um, Moving size. <laughs> How old is baby number five? Because you got baby number five. There. She is seven, and her name is Ines, which means yes. um, gift of God. Yes, <laughs> love that. And the first one is fifteen and a half, almost sixteen. So we have sixteen, thirteen, thirteen, eleven and a half, and seven. You have a family. Yeah, it's quite a family. But you know, it's um, it's good because when you're sort of blended family um it's hard from one day to the next to tell your kids oh from now on like we're going to all live under one roof and have this sort of like new happy family and they right. like well i don't know them did you have to do that <laughs> right. no we never had to because they stayed in new york and uh so they miss each other a lot and they're very excited to see each other mm. but i get to have moments just with my oldest daughter here in new york and moments where it's all of us, um, you know, on vacation, in Paris. And so you never sort of oblige or impose something on them. And you show them that any configuration is okay. And I think it has made them very adaptable, uh, very open-minded to what's normal and what's not. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest victory for me, not victory, but sort of like one of those moments, it was December 24th. We had flown from New York. I couldn't get a direct flight for whatever reason. I organized myself too late. <laughs> so um, we were in transit in London and before getting to Paris. And it was my two girls. They're like super tiny. They have their roller suitcase because we never check in. And um, and I remember my, like, Leia was probably like six or seven at the time. And she looks at me and she's like, Mom, we have the most fun life of anybody I know. Oh. And I'm like, gosh, if you're feeling this way, on December 24, when everybody's like together with their families, sort of like getting ready for like the big dinner, and we're like in a connection in London on a like staircase, you know, I, I've done a good job at making this as fun as can be. So totally, that that story gives me so much hope. I know, especially yeah, considering like my family structure is has a lot of parallels to that and I worry about when Sergeant gets older and will he be resentful like why couldn't my parents just be normal why don't they just want to like be under the same roof and just go to work from nine to five it's it's very interesting because you definitely um, feel a lot of judgment from other people and that judgment very often is like fear and projection mm -hmm. of their own fears on you and I remember the question I got the most when I decided to have the baby in France people were like oh like aren't you afraid that your two oldest daughter are going to resent this baby from like taking you away from them and you're like well the baby's not even born yet like, wow. and you know like how can i prevent them to be resentful like my oldest daughter was resentful when i had a second child and, and we we're all living in new york and she was like you know <laughs> why am i not alone anymore right so so it's sort of my duty wherever i am to make them feel as you said like loved and cared for and give them attention individually as a group and raise them in a just loving world and loving nest we happen to have two nests instead of one yes and, 
Was there a time when, I'm just trying to do the math, so when you were traveling with the two girls, were you technically a single mom at the time? No, when I was traveling with them, I was already with the father of okay. my second child. Okay. So, but you know, when I was in New York with them, um, and still today, like, I feel like I'm a single mom in New York. Like, I, I'm alone with the two of them, and mm -hmm. I work. I work full time. I have my perfume brand. It's a big commitment from a time perspective. Um, and I'm alone with them. I face, you know, everything you have to face when you're alone. So. Yeah. Yep. And so let's talk about the perfume brand. So my baby number six, technically it's baby <laughs> number five, right? Yeah. Because Ines arrived after. Um, I've always been terrified by perfume. Um, that may sound weird, but... Um, yeah, I totally wasn't expecting that. I find that the perfume world, um, the way it exists today, is um, very much connotated with the idea of like being like, you know, super sexy if you're a woman or super sexy if you're a guy and you sort of sell this ideal and like sort of like ideal woman and you know that exudes sort of like sensuality and um and i've never felt drawn to that like to me i'm um i love scents i'm obsessed with raw materials um but more than that i'm obsessed with how they make you feel mm -hmm. you know you can smell something and it just takes you back to a moment in your life or it reminds you of someone like very vividly or it takes you back to a vacation you had and and suddenly yeah you feel transported back and i i love that scent as disability to really move you um in an emotional way and that's something that i've always wanted to explore and to me, perfume was not specifically attached to, you know, fashion designer or, you know, a very hot model, you know, that you want to look like when you wear the perfume, but more about how, how can you use your perfume to just like help you be in a good mood mm. or help you feel like, make you feel like it's a sunny day if there is a snowstorm outside or sort of like um, comforts you in a very, um, I don't know cocooning personal type of way so that's how the brand started and i i was convinced it was possible that you know a brand could do that that's amazing i mean i've been transporting in my little corner over here as you were talking i was like yes as i'm like smelling my wrist i really like the way it sets in too yeah me it's too. warm me too yeah it feels um, good i i think i spoke about this with tata mm. we had tata harper here and she enlightened us too um, about, you know, beauty and scents and all of those things. And I said, when you said that you were scared of scent, I'm like, yeah, me too. And I was, you know, it brought me back to like how I'm scared of it in the sense that like, man, if this doesn't smell good, then I'm about to be stuck with a headache. Mm -hmm. mm. And and I also feel that the, <laughs> the, the scare you have about perfume or the, the difficult part is because our sense of smell is not educated. Like you're used to see a lot of things, you used to like listen to music and just like, it's very much part of your world, but smelling is a sense that we don't use. And the other thing that's very interesting, you have very few words and very little vocabulary to express how a scent makes you feel to describe a scent. Like you say, oh, it's fresh, it's yeah. like- so true. You know, like, I don't know, fresh, it's like warm, it's, uh, I don't know, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> but like we lack- Spicy. We yeah. lack words. And, um, and you go to a department store and you're sort of aggressed very often. That's the feeling I get. Like you walk down the aisle and, you know, like people spray things on you or mm -hmm. hand you like pieces of paper with a scent. And they inundate you with like names of ingredients that you've never heard of. So you don't know how that's <laughs> mm -hmm. supposed to, to smell. Mm -hmm. And to me, I wanted to show that you can sort of like sit down the same way you sit down to 
play with makeup and experiment with makeup and somebody expert can sort of like guide you and like doing a smoky eye or doing a red lip or doing like a, you know, a no makeup makeup type of look. And so I always envision customers sitting down and getting real education on not just ingredients, but what make them feel good. Like so important. So important. And you know, you also have this preconceived idea that oh women must love flowers and they must love everything that's pink and like guys love yeah. woods and things that are like very like masculine and dark. I'm a woman. I don't like flowers. No, I don't like, like flowers. I no. cannot relate. Like to mm -mm. me, it takes me to, I don't know, like a room deodorant, deodorant. like <laughs> not something, you know, that I want to wear on me. Like if it smells like a potpourri of flowers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. something yeah. that I associate with. But I would go to the men's department to buy woody scents because I was more drawn Same. to them. Like and everybody looks at you with big eyes like, what's wrong with you? You know, yeah. you're a woman and you're wearing a men's scent. Like, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, <laughs> I just want to, I don't know, wear something that feels good for me. Right. And um, so one of the first perfume I created is called Bois Blond, it's a, which means blonde wood. Mm. And it's, um, it was a take on how wood can be feminine, mm -hmm. how wood can be transparent, how wood can just like make you feel like very comforted and like part of nature. And um, it's a scent that I originally created for myself. And then my husband was like, we have to have this in the brand. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want everybody to smell like me. Yes. Ooh, it was like, so darling, true. it would be a good problem to have. So so we launched that scent. And to this day, it's like one of our best sellers. What do we smell? Like, what do we smell? Please explain this. Because so, yeah, we, <laughs> we got gifted. We got gifted some really good Not cool only things. is this gifted, this is the most beautiful packaging I've yeah. seen yet. Oh, thank you. This so is, this like, is unique. Um, our newest baby in the range. It's called Pacific Lime. And it's a scent that uh, was inspired by being on vacation, uh, probably in an exotic place. Mm -hmm. And um, the innovation with that product is that we've used natural coconut. Yes. Um, blended with lime, lime yes. coming from Mexico. And that's one rule we have with the brand. Like we love using real ingredients coming from all over the world and just find a way to showcase them in a, an unexpected way. Mm. So here, you know, lime, which is like very bitter and like, you know, takes you to, I don't know, like a good cocktail or something. Mm -hmm. It's just right. like <laughs> making your face like a cringe a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, become sweet with coconut, but not to the point of having it feel like a candy or something that's overly sweet and sugary. Um, we also have eucalyptus coming from China. So you have that sort of like fresh breathe and very cooling. And to me, I feel like, I don't know, I'm in Tulum when I smell this, like... Especially, yeah. you know, when you have like the snowstorm out, and it's you're like, okay, so I want to be like in the sun. Good, and I'll I'll say this. So I was obviously looking through the website, doing the research before, and I was just like, I don't know about a citrus base. I don't know. I hope I like it. It's gonna be hard to have this chat if I'm like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> like on, big right, I was like, how will I get through it? Um, <laughs> Damn, so it stank. Yeah, I was really. I was. I was just. I was ready to smell it. And if I would have heard someone say, I have this cologne for you and it's coconut and lime, I'd be like, mm. no, thank you. No, thank you. I would have said, yes, thank you. I would have mm. said, absolutely not. It sounds like something from one of those chains that you wore when you were in high school. <laughs> you don't have to name the name, but oh, just even bad the, lotions. The ones that make me... Oh, and the body sprays. But listen, this smells so good. <laughs> it's, I, now I'm like, damn, I'm going to say warm again. We don't, you're right. We don't have no, a great it's vocabulary. Nutty. That is the warm smell. We don't it's have a great vocabulary. And it's, um, it's very misguided mm -hmm. because perfume is supposed to be more of an armor that makes you sort of like 
costume and that like super Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And um, to me, that's not what scent is about, um, especially when you work with natural raw materials. Mm -hmm. First, they sort of like merge and blend with your skin. Mm -hmm. So using natural makes a big difference, you know, from mm -hmm. the reference you have from like being a teenager. Yeah. Um, and, and they just trigger things. Like I know for me, citruses just feel happy. Like, you know, like eating like an orange or peeling an orange or like a grapefruit or a lemon. Like it's something that is very familiar. And when you smell something that feels familiar, it immediately comforts you. Like it takes you to a place where you feel secure. It's almost like, you know, wearing like a sweater that's like very comfy. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about this. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, it's... Um, Second skin may be like too strong, but it's something that is just like a sort of like version of yourself, but it's still you. It doesn't disguise you. Mm -hmm. Like we um, we do perfume that are very transparent, very sheer. That sort of enhance the scent of your skin, but doesn't take over not only your scent or your personality. Like right. It's not like yeah. suddenly you become somebody else by putting the perfume totally. on. Because like it's, it's everyone you. in New York wears the same scent. Yes. You don't have to, it's okay. We don't have to name it. Because I, I was know. wearing it, but everyone in New York <laughs> wears the same unisex color. Mm. <laughs> give it up. I did it too, because it's a go-to. We'll tell you what it is later. Okay. later. <laughs> but you know, I have a question for you. What is the proper way to use a scent? So, mm. okay, from experience, my mom would use those chain sprays. And in the morning time, before going to school, I hear Ooh, like for like, for like, 30, for like 30 minutes. I understand like, that you're damn. scared of perfume. It's okay. like, what is it? And then I got my my guy a special one of the the one of the scents that everyone in in the New York uses. And then I hear, uh, and I'm like, no, 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 chill. So what is the? How many do you need? I do once. Per day. Oh. You do once per day or I, no, do you so do it per I, week? I do. I do. <laughs> I eat per to week. be honest, I do three. I do one on one Your wrist? Like, wrist, like right and left. Uh -huh. I don't like rub. What mm. is that about? Why the oh, wrist? I rubbed. No, I didn't. Don't, rub. don't do it. You okay. know, it's almost like reading a book, but you skip to the end, you know, by reading the end. <laughs> oh. no, you're just like, okay. You have to like, like um, about like this distance is what? That's like ten. Oh, that's, like, that's like seven, ten inches. Ten yeah, inches. ten. Yeah. Um, so not too close. So you don't want to have the liquid sort of like drip, but not too uh, far either. You taking notes, Elise? Because you Cause, you were like this. I was about I a centimeter away. <laughs> you were, um, <laughs> and then I rubbed. <laughs> one of the reasons to do uh, the wrist, the inside of your wrist, is because it's one of the pulse points. So it's going to warm up faster because mm -hmm. you can you have your heart beating like mm. feeling through and i also do the back of my neck so it's like not too present i like the fact that why are my you pointing at least like you've done that because you i have that. done that and no you yeah, have not i absolutely have first of all, i have no hair so yes but i do back of the neck because when you're hugging someone and you get that ooh, yeah. it's like a mm, and i find that i know the under back of the, the neck. ear is like a little honey i'm a seductress yes, I know clearly <laughs> jesus gosh <laughs> That's how you trap them and keep them. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but I like the idea that your perfume can just like change. It can change throughout the day. It can change throughout the week. Like mm -hmm. I know if I go to work first week in the morning and I have, I don't know, a meeting about finances, I'm not going to wear the same thing as if I'm on the weekend, you know, playing with my children. Oh, you are fancy. Yeah, but it's I, it's not like too thought about. Like it's I compare it to the way I dress. Like if it's the weekend, I'm putting like a pair of jeans and like a white t-shirt, like a little bit like today. Oh. And 
I don't want to smell like if I go on a date with my husband. You know, mm, so totally. so I feel perfume should just like help you. I don't know, convey what you feel like and what you are feeling like or what you would like to feel like at a certain time. I know um, you've spoken about getting inspiration from globally, mm-hmm. from like every inch of the mm-hmm. globe. What's one of the most unexpected places you were inspired by? It uh, might not be an unexpected place, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's associated with the scent. Um, to me, it was LA. Um, I always dreamt of living in LA. So I live in Paris, I live in New York, it's already like pretty great. And every time I go to LA and specifically to Venice Beach with my Venice Beach with my husband, we say, Oh my god, like we want to move there for like two, three years. And <laughs> then we have, that. you know, all of our kids and our short custody and like a mom and a dad have a little bit of something to say about where we live. Mm-hmm. So we keep saying we cannot do it. We cannot do it. And then one summer we're like, Well, yes, we can do it. We can move for the summer and live like locals for, for the summer and feel like we have a real experience. So we rented a house there and we um, we were just like blown away by how we felt, but how the kids felt. Like we were living outside, you know, exercising every day, like on the beach and mm-hmm. like, you know, doing like lots of outdoors activity and hikes and some road trips. And, uh, and the place had a scent and it had a feeling. And when that summer ended, we went back to Paris and New York and to our very urban life. And we wanted to just like have a reminder of that beautiful summer. And we created a scent that we called Clementine California. So we have real Clementine that actually really grow in California. <laughs> and we blended it with something that's a lot darker and a little bit like uh, richer and sort of like unexpected. It's like vetiver coming mm-hmm. from IT. So it's sort of like a dark root that to us was also like the dark side of LA that we really liked. And also we used anise, um, a star anise coming from China because anise blended in a perfume brings a sort of like salty breeze that takes you to the ocean. And so, you know, with those three main components, we were able to recreate something that will always take me back there. So, Wow. I wasn't that knowledgeable about smells. Yeah. You think about it. It's like, oh, wow, I wouldn't mm-hmm. think. You know what it reminds me of? Cooking. Exactly, yes. and I'm, all of that. I, I was like, "Oh cook. yes, I put that in this. Oh yes, I just used." Yeah, that's great. And and I love cooking. Um, I love cooking. And like with kids, you have to be good at cooking at some point because you need to feed all of them. <laughs> um, but it's very similar, and it's that sort of like you know, you try and you learn and you taste, and and it's very much something that you do to share. And and what is the most rewarding for me with the brand is that love and passion I have for raw material and then, you know, assembling them and creating like a feeling, like creating an emotion, creating like a a moment where you feel transported. I love speaking with clients and when they describe the scent they wear and how it makes them feel, very often it's similar to the way I felt creating it. And then you feel like it's almost like inventing a different language that, you know, you speak with your heart and you speak with your emotion and you connect through your emotion and you don't need words. You don't even need to speak the same language to, to do that. So, mm. But cooking is very similar. When you cook to others, yeah. it's just like for everybody to share and yeah, have a good very time. very intimate and very personal. That's how a scent should feel too. Right. I love that. Now, was Atelier Cologne built to be a generational business? Do you Originally, want Originally, yes. Mm-hmm. It's very funny that you asked that. Like for me, I had worked for... Um, big companies that I really loved but I wanted to have freedom and I felt 
being a mother, I found it very difficult to be on a plane, have crazy hours, have meetings, you know, like at six o'clock at night and like always struggling. And for me, becoming an entrepreneur was not only a way to create something that I had in me and that I wanted to sort of like give birth to, mm -hmm. but it was also a lifestyle and, and being able to manage my time, decide when I wanted to work and how I wanted to work. And in my mind, I was like, I don't need to make much money. I just need to be able to pay my bills and have a sort of life that I'm in control of and that I decide. And I was like, with five kids, like maybe one of them is going to want to take over or not. But like it was it was more like doing something for for a very long time and just at our own pace. Um, the one thing that I hadn't planned out or that I hadn't anticipated is the more successful we were, um, the more complex it became mm -hmm. because you know you can keep something like sort of small and contained but then when Sephora one day knocks on your door and like oh you know I've seen your brand at Bergdorf I've seen it at Neiman and and now we want to have you in like 400 stores all over America you're like this is great news but how am I going to do this and and the sort of like energy but also funding you need to put up front to be able to deliver that is something I hadn't planned. And my husband, we were very keen on being um, not depending on anyone. So when mm -hmm. we started the brand, we each sold our apartment. We took all our savings. I broke my 401k. I broke my IRA. Oh, wow. And it was like playing poker, you know, when you're just like, oh, yeah. okay, all in. Like, I believe in. in my game and I'm just like betting it all on it. And um, which is a big risk to take, but we were determined and there was only one way to do it, like to do it fully or not do it. And um, and we remained independent for from 2007 until 2012, so many many years. And then we opened in 2011 our very first store. We have one um, a freestanding store in Elizabeth Street, and you realize the money that's required, like to open a store, to hire the team, and yeah. to have the inventory in the store, and and no matter what, you have to pay the rent, and no yeah. matter what, you have to hemorrhaging, pay the team. hemorrhaging money. Exactly. <laughs> and then we had a lot of what we called, you know. Guardian angels, uh, but also business angels. They were friends, friends and family at the beginning, mm. who just loved the brand and started to help us out and saying, like, we believe in what you do and we want you to open a store in Paris. We want you to, you know, do more, come to Asia. Like, so, so yeah. suddenly that brand that was to us our sort of like brand forever we started to share it, not just to share the creation, but like to give a little bit of ownership to people willing to help us. And that was, a necessity to have the brand sort of be able to evolve. Yeah, mm. so. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> I love that. And it makes me think about, um, I've heard a lot of people say <clears throat> in a marriage or in a partnership, one of the things that aids in longevity of a partnership is having common goals and working towards something together. Sometimes that's family, sometimes that's mm. business. Do you find that to be true? Definitely. The question we get the most with my husband is like, oh my God, how can you work with your wife? Or how can you work <laughs> with your husband? Like, I, you know, I would kill my wife if I was working with her. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's just like, well, you know, like, I'm not saying it's easy and perfect, but like, when you don't work with your significant other, then you have two different work interests and you meet at night. And like, how do you connect from your day? How do you vent? How do you... So, so to us, it's more, it's definitely a family business it's a family love but we have a lot of um godmother godfathers yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and guardian angels and we uh partnered with l'oreal two mm -hmm. years ago 
And I remember having comments of like people again projecting their fear, saying, Oh, you've sold your baby. And we're like, No, we married our daughter. And you yes. know, and the husband is like crazy and handsome and, and, and wealthy. Parents, we, we, <laughs> <laughs> and wealthy. And now, you know, our baby brand is having a lot of babies. Like we have 23 stores today around the world. Incredible. And that wouldn't have been possible without, you know, good mother, godmothers, godfathers, and now a great husband. Incredible. Yeah. Mary Rich. <laughs> yeah. Mary Happy. Okay. Yeah. Give up your 401k. Yeah. But yeah, believe in what it is that you're doing. Yeah. I, I, Love that story. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Wow. Sylvia, you've inspired me in so many ways. <laughs> and I you. hope that you'll stick around with us because we're going to yes. do our next segment. Hopefully you can inspire our guest, <laughs> our DM slider. <laughs> it's that time again, sliding in our DMs. We have a question. All the way. Oh, God. <laughs> All the way. So, All the way across the Why you gotta be so amazingly when you, you do love it? it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Zoe in London, and Zoe in London writes, Hi, cool mums. With cool mum. Do you have adv advice for dealing with unsolicited, unsolicited advice and opinions from people during pregnancy and after birth? I'm seven months pregnant, and this week in a work meeting, someone mentioned that I was... Someone mentioned that I was planning for a home birth. God, who... Gosh, someone's telling her business at the work meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> two men, way more senior than me, straight away scoffed and told me that it was a bad idea, messy, risky for all ages. It really annoyed me, but I didn't know how to react in that setting. So I just kind of laughed it off. And then it annoyed me for the whole rest of the day. P.S. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. And I started around the time I setting setting into pregnancy and I felt like I was having a friend throughout. Oh, hey, friend. Thanks, Zoe. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Um... Uh, this one resonated with me specifically because of the part where she said she didn't know how to react because that's happened to me so many times where someone has said something uh, a bit offensive and not, not even necessarily intentionally. And because I was so caught off guard, I didn't react the way I would have wanted to. And then it just ate me away the rest of the day. Like, oh, I mm -hmm. should have. Why didn't I? And I've done the same thing. And maybe we do that as women where we laugh it off to make it easy for everyone. Yep. Because you know you can it's, open it's the candle. It's totally resonated yeah. with me. And I usually don't have a hard time sharing my opinion. What's your sign? Um, I'm a Libra. Oh. But sometimes <laughs> you just don't have an opinion. And I remember <clears> when <throat> I gave birth, I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. And one thing that was very destabilizing for me is getting different advice but sort of like opposite advice so I remember like I was trying to nurse my first daughter and her nurse says like you have to leave her on your breast 10 minutes max on one side and 10 minutes max on the other side and you're like okay I'm doing that and then another nurse comes and she's like what are you doing why do you stop like stop whenever she stops and I'm like okay and you have all those sort of like people with an opinion and you know from your mom and your mother-in-law and your friends and the nurses and the the husband and at the end of the day I've learned to just listen to my guts mm -hmm. and I've always felt if I do what feels right for me um, somehow that's the best I can do and if it works for me somehow it should work for my child or and um, but it can be tough when you have no clue what you're doing <laughs> and when you have a baby yeah. like those first couple of days are so brutal mm -hmm. <laughs> weeks or weeks. months weeks 
depending. But what we were sharing before, like I found Conforest in uh, realizing that the next day was a little bit easier and the next day was a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. So I held on to that and just listening to what felt right for me. Mm-hmm. 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 Lizzie, have you ever, I'm sure you've been oh, you, to, yeah. you know, I started the podcast mentioning all the aunties and such. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, and uh, for the record, go with your gut, Elstivy said. I had a home birth and it was amazing and it was beautiful. And that, if that's what you want to do, then you do it. I mean, I don't have to tell you that, Zoe. But as far as unsolicited advice, um, I had to kind of jokingly black. I was like, what do you think about, like you just said, you had to, you didn't really have the words at the moment. And I had to start practicing like a little jokey joke. Like, you know what? I'm only taking one piece of advice per day. Mm-hmm. And that was like me basically saying, I don't totally. want to hear what the hell you Shut the hell up. Shut the yeah. hell up. Mm-hmm. Or then, if it's a man like, oh my God, when was the last time you gave pr- birth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you in labor? <laughs> right, right. And you keep it moving. And I kind of, without being so aggressive, mm-hmm. as women have to be so afraid of being aggressive all the damn time or assertive, it kind of sets that mood like, oh, she said that because she's not really interested in receiving advice. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you have to keep repeating yourself until you're broken, everyone's like, we know, Lizzie, you don't want the baby to have prints. Like, that's what mm-hmm. happens at my house now. We know, Lizzie. It's like, oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> like I don't have to prove myself anymore. I don't have to stop you. I don't have to be really. I mean, I was very rude about it um, because I feel like people were rude to me, and that's just how, you know, my maturity level goes. <laughs> I, I just give what I get. <laughs> I give back what I get. Um, but yeah, you go ahead and politely say like, "No, thank you." No one yeah. can say it's not easy. I can't even say no, thank you. Yeah, I it's have, tough. Yeah, it's hard. And being in the moment, you're caught. And, and for God's sake, Zoe's at work. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're in a work meeting. What are you in my business? So, Zoe, just stay strong and let it roll off your back. You know, especially being pregnant, things can, can hit you and stick with you. But that is that person's bag to carry, not yours. You don't have to pick it up if it's not applicable. Mm-hmm. And also, it's totally fine to come back the next day, I think. And just say, <laughs> Are you that girl? Oh, yeah, I am. Remember yesterday? yesterday you know what that was that was a little strange for me let's just keep it out of out of the work thing <laughs> and then keep it going that's it and then you did a little hand wave yeah, let's just keep it out and then you go back to your cubicle uh-huh. and <laughs> well jimmy <laughs> right and then it's all good so hopefully that was really helpful zoe uh Hang on, you've just got a couple more months, and we're excited that you're having a baby. It's not over, because then she's going to get unsolicited advice when the yeah, baby's here. Yeah, totally. Over. But, you know, as you, you step into what motherhood looks like for you, and you get, it's just like becoming your own person. People can say, oh, girl, you shouldn't cut your hair. Just like, but you know you love your haircut, and you're like, oh, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And then you go and get your haircut. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the more you become comfortable in parenthood and motherhood, no one can tell you anything about your shit. Not a damn thing. Yeah. Hold on, Zoe. We love you. Mm-hmm. And until next time. Oh, thanks, Sylvie. Thank you very much. This was so oh, much fun. Sh- sorry. Yeah, totally. Thanks, Sylvie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, see you later, Sylvie. All right. Until next time. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Sylvie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Not-